Welcome to Acute Conversations, the official podcast of APTA Acute Care, where we share engaging conversations about acute care physical therapy so you can connect to your profession. I'm Ashley. And I'm Leo. Today we chat with Jim Smith. He is Chief Delegate for APTA Acute Care and will be representing the Academy with the 2023 House of Delegates. We discuss upcoming motions at this year's House of Delegates, how you can have your voice heard, and Jim's daredevil hobbies in his off time. Let's welcome our guest. Welcome, Jim Smith. Thanks for being here today. Maybe just let me read off a couple more of your accolades here. You are the APTA Acute Care Chief Delegate, and you're going to be representing our academy, APTA Acute Care, at the 2023 House of Delegates. And also, yep. I didn't know this, you're also the former APTA Acute Care President, and I'm going to give you some titles too. I also believe, Jim, that you are a bridge and an opportunity maker because I owe some of my excess for the opportunities that you've bestowed upon me. So thank you for being here today, Jim. <laughs> Thank you for the kindness. <laughs> so what are you up to nowadays? What's been going on? What are you working on? I've been goofing off in retirement. I <laughs> took a retirement incentive a year ago, and I've failed at retirement. I'm very active with, with acute care, with New York chapter, with research. So since I failed so well, I'll start teaching again uh, in the fall at the University of Connecticut. You okay. are? You're going to go back to work after retiring? Oh yeah, I kind of knew it was going to happen, but right now we're in the midst of a big house search so we can prepare and move to Connecticut. Oh yeah. my gosh, searching for houses, that's not fun, is it? Or is it? Oh, I'm, fail- I'm failing at that too. I've been there eight straight <laughs> weeks, four bids. We keep going higher and higher over asking. And so we've got to find the right place soon. Oh my gosh, the housing market is so crazy right now. I do not envy you, but more power to you to retire, go back to teaching. Like that is true dedication and love for our profession. Yeah. When I got to Utica, one of my mentors was a retired professor who was still on campus more than off, who said that's what keeps her young. And I don't have her level of energy, but I'm hoping to bring a few more years of uh, exciting students and turning them on to the idea of acute care, physical therapy being a great career. Well, and I would like to contradict you for a moment. You have not failed at anything. In fact, I think you've been quite successful in your journey. And we could probably have a two-hour podcast about that. But today we have you here to talk about the House of Delegates. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. tell us exactly, first for people who may not really understand what the House is, kind of can you explain what the House is and what your role specifically is? Sure. House of Delegates is the body that handles the annual business of the profession. So it is a decision-making body with about 450 voting members from our communities of interest. That means every component has a voice and most have a vote in the House of Delegates. So whether it is from your chapter, your state organization, or more recently, The votes have also been given to your sections or academies, and so they each have two votes. The the purpose of the House is to have a vision and guide us towards that by looking forward at what needs, what's on the horizon, what should we be doing as a profession, where should we be going? 
So it does that in a formal process through parliamentary procedure. Right now, there are a couple dozen motions being uh, evaluated by the delegates, and we will address those over two different meetings this summer. Also, I got ahead of myself, we elect the lead, APTA's leadership. So there will be an election in July for Speaker of the House, Treasurer, three delegates, and two members of the nominating committee. Three directors. Yes. Right. You said delegates. I just wanted to make sure I had it right. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. Three directors. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Well, that's exciting. And then, so you are chief delegate for APT Acute Care, and I believe Katie Brito is the other delegate for APT Acute Care. Yes, she is. Yep. That's awesome. So shout out to Katie as well for all of her hard work in this process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what motions are you most excited about or what motions have caused the most, I feel like every year there's some that cause a little bit of controversy and stirrups and debate. Can you yeah. share us with us a little bit um, about that? Yep. Ashley, you read my mind. <laughs> What's that? So, you read my mind. Is did I read your mind? <laughs> mm -hmm. So when I say excited, that means I want to hear from our members. We've had one town hall meeting. We're going to have another town hall meeting and I'll have that date for you in a moment, July 10th. 8 p.m. It's a Zoom meeting, and anyone can contact me by email, jsmith at utica.edu, that's J-S-M-I-T-H at U-T-I-C-A dot E-D-U, with their recommendations and concerns, because I may be excited that I might be excited in a positive way or a negative way, but I need to bring your voices to the House of Delegates. The, we hear 450 people there plus more with consultants, there's over 500, and it sounds unwieldy, but when we can bring that, that group's wisdom to bear, we all win. There's a lot of wisdom that comes through those voices, and that means hearing from our members. So, for example, this is not a bylaw year. We, there are only certain years in which we review bylaws, but there are two to be considered because they're timely given some issues and they will take a preliminary vote on them. But a bylaw that is probably exciting to some of our members is a amendment to the bylaws, which would allow components such as APTA acute care to seat a physical therapist assistant as a delegate to the House of Delegates. Mm -hmm. If you have recommendations and opinions on that, I want to hear about those. I do want to acknowledge acute care as a long history of PTA leaders. In addition to having a PTA member at large on our board, we have had PTAs in other leadership roles on the board of directors for acute care. So and just for that, a moment, so what is the current, for those who don't know, what is the current bylaw for PTAs and their participation in the house? Oh, darn. So <laughs> it's a darn because I have to get it right. We This is new. So I'm not going to be accurate without looking that up. And we have on APTA's website, you can look up policies, procedures, bylaws. And we're re the reason I'm less clear is because we're restructuring and returning after several decades, returning to voting from PTA delegates. And I believe it is two voting delegates from the PTAs with representation among a 
it's not a caucus now, it's got a different name of six of them that will engage in the House of Delegates. More accurate than that means I've got to look it up because okay. there's an awful lot of those there. Well, and we can come back to that one later after we look it up if if you want to readdress it. So we can always come back to it. All right. I'm on the website right now and Carrie Fuller is our PTA member at large. So just looking at our yes. board of directors and everyone's smiling faces. And of course, Jim's face, but without the mustache and the goatee looking very stylish. That's an old picture. <laughs> Carrie is a character. If you ever get her on here, she has done some amazing travel and ultra marathon Ooh. outings around the world. So other exciting motions. There are two that are developing support and resources for signs of human trafficking. Mm. Our colleagues mm. have said that we need to be better prepared in our clinics and our practices to recognize that and what to do about it. There are others that are looking at the role for physical therapy providers in rural communities and strengthening our role for rural areas. Another that is addressing it's still being discussed among the delegates, but it addresses a long COVID. I think an earlier name was post-acute sequela of COVID, and the latest government recommendation is long COVID, and strengthening both our resources and our advocacy about what we have to offer for people who are experiencing long COVID. There are many others. They're available on the APTA's website. Oh, here's an exciting one. Adopt pay equity mm. on the basis of gender that mm. the APTA, the motion would be that we support this. Mm. It's exciting because I've had a long career in physical therapy and we have not had pay equity and mm. we've done some things about it, but it's, it's beyond time to fix that. Well, um, as the female related. on this podcast, I would be all for that one. I'm just saying. And I believe, so I'm a delegate for APTA North Carolina, and I believe that one was on for last year, but we didn't quite finish or get to it, right? It stopped before, if I remember we, correctly. So the, the it's always a challenge for the House to yeah. manage the big issues mm -hmm. in a timely manner. And we got tangled up in the language of the motion yep. between equity and equality. And it was we ran out of time that. to address it. So we are revisiting that issue. And I think there's, now that we've had a year to look at it, there is a better understanding among those in the House of Delegates. And I'm actually hoping that this will move through on a consent agenda, but we will see if that happens. That's another thing that we can do now is if we get a groundswell of support from our members, APTA Acute Care can co-sponsor motions. And that is one way we can streamline some of the work of the House. That's one way we can leverage our smaller delegation of two delegates as being visible and very public in our support of some of these motions that are out there. And I will tell you that right now our delegation is in support of that motion. Well, so is, Jim, in support. Good. is in support. Is in support. Okay. And, and has the, it's been the recommendation of our delegates. By delegates, I also include our president, Tracy Norris, is mm -hmm. an alternate delegate, and she attends the House, engages in much of the networking that is important for moving these motions forward. And we've talked about the benefit of co-sponsoring this, and we intend to 
So Jim, you're like our speakerphone, you're our mouthpiece, right? So these these town hall meetings give, you know, I, I could see some therapists in working in acute care having things to say, right? They would want, you know, they want to see some changes, but they feel that, what can I do? I'm just working in a small community hospital in this part of the country. How can I affect change? Is this even an, an you know, could this even happen? But this is these town hall meetings, right? Anybody can 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 join them and can have the opportunity to be able to maybe start a conversation, maybe gain some momentum at the grassroots level. And then hopefully it falls on your ears and Katie's ears and we can bring that all the way. That message can go all the way to the top to the House of Delegates and try to create some change. Exactly. And even beyond that, our governance process is a year-round process. Mm. And so it slows down a little bit right after the House, but soon after that, the discussions start and the generation of new motions. So if our members came to us and said, this is a priority, we have a concern about an issue relative to physical therapist practice, and it could be directly or indirectly related to acute care, we can generate a motion, use that year-long process to float it out there onto something called the hub where the other delegates get to hear about it, ask questions, develop some clarity, and by springtime, develop the motion that we would like to bring to the House of Delegates so that it is addressed in the summer of next year. So yes, every one of our members is a leader and a change agent. If they have an issue, I'd love to work with them on that. So what I'm hearing is, is at the town hall, let's say one of our members out there, and is it open to non-members to the town hall or just members? Do you know? We are only advertising it to members. If okay. someone was not a member and showed up, that would be fine totally unless they fine. were disruptive. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if, for, if somebody hears about one of these motions and wants to comment or have their voice heard, they can come to the town hall and basically share their thoughts and opinions with you so you can use that when you go to the House of Delegates to know kind of how is our academy in general feeling about these motions. I'll be better informed through their feedback to me. Yep. Yeah. So you want to hear from them. For the House. Absolutely. Yeah. So for those of you listening, please come to the next town hall. Would you say July 10th at 8 p.m.? So be, be, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yep. Yep. It'll be in... The critical edge mail, it'll be in some blast emails beforehand. Don't miss it. That's great. That's 8 p.m. Eastern time, correct? Eastern. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good clarification. (laughs) Very cool. Jim, can you maybe mention maybe some past successes through the House of Delegates, things that maybe started off just as a conversation and went all the way up to the top and we were able to elicit some changes? The, the first one that pops into mind is one that came out of oncology mm. a number of years ago. Chris Wilson, who is the president-elect now for oncology, but an incredible resource, had brought forward a motion, and it addresses the role for physical therapists in end-of-life and palliative care. Mm. Mm. So... For me, that became a very tangible thing because our students say, well, we don't do that. And yes, we do. Yes, we and do. Yeah. here's our position on that. And actually, part of my retirement practice has been services in the local hospice. And I have found it so rewarding to do that. It's part of our role. Mm-hmm. Uh, more recently, and I don't remember the, the motion specifically, but there 
was the physical therapist role on nutrition. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. my, I, I find that to be a great topic to bring up for students. So yeah. what, what's your role as a physical therapist when it comes to nutrition? Oh, we don't do that. That's There's dietitians. They do this. That's their turf. Okay. Do you consider someone's nutrition when you're engaging them in exercise and they have a history of diabetes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. We just learned about pelvic health and you learned how certain things are irritants to the bladder and create urgency. Do you need to address that with your patients? Well, yeah, I do. For ah, the patients so really, I see when heart failure, if I learned that they're eating like a can of soup every night for dinner that's high in sodium, yeah. I'm not going to be silent about that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we address nutrition all the time. Mm-hmm. It's also mm-hmm. incumbent on us to understand the threshold right. of where it's in my role and where the patient would be best be served by a nutrition consult. So mm-hmm. those types of things have been discussed, strengthened, and clarified for the profession through the House of Delegates. And I've, I find it's really important to go back and look at that, that myriad of positions that we have. Yep. Because... While it's confusing when you're not familiar with it, it's really helpful for that type of discussion with a student or early career professional about our responsibilities and how they're going to accept those responsibilities in their personal practice as a physical therapist or their work as a physical therapist assistant. And now an announcement from APTAQ Cares Nominating Committee. Hello, my name is Kate Kugler. I am the current nominating committee chair. I am reaching out because I want to share the current positions that we are recruiting for, for involvement within APTA acute care leadership. This year, we are looking to slate candidates for the president, for the bylaws chair, for a delegate, and for a member of the nominating committee. I would be happy to talk with you about any of these positions and a little bit more about what their responsibilities and roles typically look like. This is also the first year that we're looking for individuals interested in SIG leadership in total joint and residency and fellowship. So we are looking for individuals to be slated in the chair, vice chair, and secretary positions for each of those SIGs. If you have an interest in running for one of these positions, there will be a link for the nomination form. Or if you think of a colleague that also might be a great fit for one of those positions, there is a nomination form that will be linked in the show notes for the episode. Thanks. Jim, how would somebody find those motions and those position statements? Where would they go to find that? And can they read the current motions that are out for the current House of Delegates or are those just available to delegates? Those are public and they've been in some of the recent APTA mailings that have come out, the weekly mailings. And now I've got to cheat and... (laughs) Cheating is allowed on this podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We encourage it. Use the resources, right? So on APTA's site, if you look under policies and bylaws, Mm -hmm. then there, through there, you can do drop downs and see all of these policies that are part of the profession and inform everything from these positions on awards, on diversity, equity, and inclusion, 
on ethics, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. governance, on licensure. All of these also have the preferred language for better understanding what we do and why we do it as a profession. So those are all available. Again, if you search for policies and bylaws and then scroll down, you'll see all of these. That's great. Thanks for directing us there. Yeah, I've used those resources multiple times for students. Mm-hmm. Just I'm giving a lecture about, you know, physical therapy and nutrition, or like you said, Jim, you know, what, what's therapy's role, especially as an acute care therapist with palliative care. And it's great that APTA has a document that just kind of spells everything out and has it all in one spot. And we know what, what is APTA's position statement regarding this topic. So it's, it's, it's a very valuable resource that I've used multiple times. Well, I think anytime you're out practicing doing something, like for those who are clinicians out practicing all the time, like if you're curious, like I know for a while it, there was a lot of talk years ago about oxygen, right? Mm-hmm, like, can mm-hmm. we give oxygen? Can we titrate oxygen? Mm-hmm. And there's a APA has a stance on that. So like going yeah. out and seeing what do they have to say about that? And if there's something you're having a clinical conversation about and APTA does not have a current stance on it, then make your voice heard, yes. right? So we can get that out there because there's a lot of things we do that maybe we haven't even thought of that APTA has taken a position on yet, you know, and that we can be an that's, influence. That's the intent with the House of Delegates is to be looking to the future and building the foundation so that we continue to thrive in the future. Yeah. And the one that just came up here was the annual visit. We have a position on the annual visit with a physical therapist. Because we bring wellness and prevention to people, the house has said for a while we should be doing an annual visit, just as any of you would expect to see your dentist every six to 12 months, because the prevention, as we understand from dental work, is actually having systemic benefits. Same thing with an annual visit with a physical therapist. For some people, it may mean the triggering for a start of rehabilitation services. Others, we can address things and give them wellness guidance and not need to see them for a year. But when we, the house has had that position for a while, and really they're saying when we look at our responsibilities to society, which as a profession we have, we want to have that type of position. The other thing, earlier you talked about being change agents. Mm -hmm. If you want to change positions and be persuasive in your hospital, Mm -hmm, in your mm -hmm. clinic, in your community, or with legislators, often these positions are very informative. And it's now not just Jim Smith saying this is a good idea. This is an endorsement from our whole profession. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, these are the things that can help make policy change. And that for, for those in our profession that are going out and advocating to these legislators and politicians, they use these as part of that advocacy to try to get, hey, can you vote this way on this bill, which is going to have a huge impact on our practice and maybe payment models. And our patients and the outcomes yeah. that we can get for them. I, I I have found that advocacy has become the most important theme to my career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We At first, it was being able to change things in my hospital. But now sitting on consultative positions with CMS and other groups and realizing that legislators 
are not physical therapists and don't have any reason to know what we do until we've told them and developing relationships so that they will call us and consult with us. Those are really important roles. And we, APTA gives us the infrastructure for that, but it really relies on each of us to then use that infrastructure to have the impact. So if someone's out there listening and this is getting them excited, they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I have so many ideas. Like I want to get my voice heard. How would somebody out there that's maybe thinking about or interested in being a delegate, what's that process like? Because I know there's the academies have delegates, the, the state chapters have delegates. Can you explain what process you went through to become a delegate? Sure. And it's going to be different for each organization because whether we, when we look at a chapter, I, I'm going to transition sometime in the next year from New York chapter to Connecticut chapter. They're independently incorporated entities, and so they're going to have different bylaws. So I can tell you acute care elects their delegates for a three-year term. This year, we are electing the delegate. Next year is the term we'll be electing for chief delegate. Chief delegate for acute care is also a voting member of the board of directors. So it would be through the APTA acute care election process. Your chapters probably have it described. And I, I, the best thing to do is show up at some regional or district or chapter meetings and start talking to people because to be blunt, reading bylaws is tedious. Mm-hmm. And rather than pulling up the bylaws and how finding the best way to get myself elected in New York, if someone were to show up next weekend to our delegate assembly, we'd all be excited for new people. Right. And you ask that question, we'll sit you down and explain how it's done in New York. And it'll be different than it is in North Carolina so or Illinois. So, so the take-home message is chief delegate election next year. I'd love to see some other people run for this and bring some new voices to the board of directors. I, we need some fresh voices. I've been around too long. Jim, that's great that you mentioned that. You mentioned advocacy, but you are such an advocate, not only for your patients, but just for people within APTA acute care. I was just looking at some of your accolades and awards. So we had Dr. Alan Lee not too long ago, who was the, the lecture award awardee for 2023. But you received this award in 2019, right? And your your speech was Practice of Physical Therapy. And I always believe that if 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 you get your name onto Jim's desk, he will provide you, shower you with opportunities for all the all the times that I when I started helping out with the continuing education stuff with APTIQ Care. I remember the first time I did it, you you helped provide me with that opportunity. My most Excellent. favorite story, my most favorite story, you Jim was I remember I was reading, I think, Jackpot, and you had a short blurb. There about a situation, I think it was with your father. I think I've told you this story. And uh, the acute care therapist at the hospital, your father was in the hospital, I think, and uh, they discharged him from physical therapy services. And again, talking about advocacy, you brought up the fact like, no, 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 no. He's not at his baseline. He shouldn't be discharged. I'm part, you know, like I'm part of it. I, I'm an acute care physical therapist. So that's always stuck in my head. And you brought up hospice care, end of life care. It's like, there's so much that we can offer for our patients, right? It's not just, can they walk or not? And I, and that's the other thing that's stuck in my head. It's not just whether they can walk or not, because we get upset as acute care physical therapists. Everyone just thinks that we walk patients. We do so much more. But if we keep perpetuating that, and our language perpetuates that, 
people outside of our profession are always going to think that's who we are. So that's always stuck in my head. Whenever I worked with a patient, I said, if this person's related to Jim, <laughs> would they be okay with my discharge recommendations? I, what would Jim this, do? <laughs> I have a story like that. Years ago, I had a great aunt and uncle that were just a joy. And my uncle had a knee replacement, went to rehab, and my aunt was very, very disappointed. They they were going through the motions. And then he got acutely ill and landed back in the hospital. And while at the hospital was being was receiving more aggressive physical therapy than he did in rehab. Hmm. He was supposed to be ill and they're giving him more exercise, more stretching and walking him much greater distances. And again, the way things happen, my aunt said to the therapist, this is wonderful. Why do you work him so hard? I wish they did this at rehab. Why are you doing it? And it was a former colleague who said, well, there's someone named Jim Smith. (laughs) And she said, that's my nephew. (laughs) And it just meant so much to me because the other experiences, like I described with my dad, are embarrassing to me. We have a big impact if we take it on. And it's like my uncle. It made a big difference. And it, to be honest, I, I continue to be touched that it, it got back to the family that way. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rewarding. That's a beautiful yeah. story. I love that. I mean, even even at CSM, Jim is there is like, oh, you should interview this person for the podcast. Oh, talk to Leo. He's like, you're such you're such a connector. You're such a bridge that brings people together. So, I mean, if I, we follow Jim's advice, we're gonna have Barack Obama on here next. So. <laughs> hey, I'm in Chicago. If I need to, you know, make some phone calls, I don't think I have that much pull. But at least by by proximity, maybe I can shout your name out over, over by well, Barack. <laughs> I remember seeing you at this most recent CSM gym, and we sat down and we were having a conversation and. You are a very adventurous guy. Ah, you were telling yes. me about all your journeys on the water and rafting and canoeing. I don't even know all that you do, but I know you can, you've got a daredevil side to you. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your your hobbies and your things you enjoy outside of physical therapy? Well, I, I like whitewater canoeing. Most people who do steep whitewater do it in a kayak. I just came back today from the Adirondacks, the Moose River, which has some great spectacular white water, some big waterfalls. And so I was able to paddle up there. And I, I also, when I, when I was younger, I was canoeing pretty wild and steep stuff. And then I had kids and I mellowed and I started racing slalom where you hang gates on the river mm. so that I could race with my family. So the other thing I like to do on the weekends is go to canoe, canoe and kayak slalom races. I still race. My kids have all retired, but some of the people they used to hang with have gone on to be Olympians and competing around the world. So yeah, whenever I have free time, it's in a canoe and part of retirement last year, I I remember posting on Facebook, the first day of retirement, I'm dropping in pretty well as I went over a 55 foot slide. It's just one big long drop. I saw some of those pictures. They looked scary. They they are, and you have to train up to it. I've been paddling 35 years, and it's fun fun to take those on. You've never needed a physical therapist as a result of all your water adventures? Oh, oh, I, many years ago, I went over a drop 
four or five foot drop upside down, landed on my shoulder in a funny position and developed a supraspinatus tendonitis. And I remember being treated by a colleague who was a former Mr. East Coast bodybuilding champion. So he was just powerful. And he's doing transverse friction massage on my supraspinatus. And I'm getting tears in my eyes. And he's like, suck it up, Jim. Just suck it up. It was brutal. So I, I usually don't need a physical therapist, I, but it does make me cross train a lot so that I can keep it up at this level. I, I try to run, I try and do resistance training because for the time being, I'm still running some pretty, for me, significant big drops. That's great That's to practice with the preach as a physical therapist. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now a quick announcement from ABTA QQ. Do you know someone that is making a difference within acute care physical therapy? Please check out our awards page. We would like to recognize and illuminate the practice of more deserving colleagues and celebrate the great services they provide. To honor the various contributions, APT Acute Care has five awards. The Mary Sinod Award for Clinical Excellence in Acute Care. The James Dunleavy Distinguished Service Award. The Judy Euler Fellowship Award the Lecture Award, and the Katherine Harris Educator Award. These awards are the highest honor APTA Care can bestow in recognition of excellence and are awarded at CSM annually during the membership meeting. APTA Care members, and in some instances non-members, are encouraged to nominate deserving individuals for these awards. To view the nomination forms and descriptions of award criteria and supporting documentation, visit the links below. Nominations are accepted until October 30th, 2023. And now, back to the show. Well, what do you think, Ashley? Is it time for the rapid responses? Are we, oh, time to... I think it is. I, I think, think it is. Is, is Jim ready, ready for this? I think nope. he is. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to his answers here. Me so too. with rapid responses, just the first thing that comes to your mind with each of these questions, it's got to be fast. First thing that comes to your mind, go ahead and shout it you out. You got 90 seconds on the clock. Oh, good. So it'll end soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will end eventually. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Leo, you want to start us off? Yes. All right. Ready and go. Jim, if there was going to be an actor to play you, Jim Smith, in a movie, who would it be? Well, Brad Pitt. And then my wife would want to play my wife and things would be pretty good for her. <laughs> That's oh, my God. I um, love it. Favorite book? Oh, I'm going to do a pitch for In Shock by Rana Audish, A-W-D-I-S-H. She is a critical care physician mm. who had critical illness with recurring rehospitalizations. And I, I've uh, twice t- ta- taught a course on critical illness and recovery. And the book is f- wonderful for appreciating the impact we have on people in a positive way in healthcare or a negative way because we need to treat them with respect when they are there in a hospital gown with all of us standing around discussing them. I, I encourage people to read it. I'm Speaking about hospital, when, that when, out. when you're in the hospital, what's your most favorite color scrubs to wear while you're in the hospital, Jim? Whatever was at the top of the pile. <laughs> I, I'm, I am not stylish. <laughs> Fantastic. But they're I, comfortable. Although I will say I have been around long enough when the standard of dress was slacks and a tie. Wow, in acute care. In acute care. I spent more than 
I, I probably contaminated a couple patients along the way with my tie, but I had a <laughs> big selection of ties and mm -hmm. would, it was expected that we'd wear them to the clinic and put on a lab coat. Wow. Okay, for the record, I've paused the clock a couple times. So <laughs> turned from rapid response to longer explanations, but I'm going to start it again. Uh, it's a professor <laughs> problem. Sorry. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. I am morning. Emails are going out to my research team by 5.30, 6 in the morning every day. Wow. That's yep. impressive. Name one other physical therapist that has had an influence on your career. Hmm. Oh, the list is so long. I'll say Patricia Otaki right now. She's co-chair with me for uh, clinical practice guidelines. We've been a research team for more than a decade, and she's just a joy to work with. Fantastic. All right, that's our timer, so we have to do our final <laughs> question. You have to fill in the blank. You know you work in acute care when? Uh, I know what the pat answer has been, but I'm going to say people meet me and say, let me tell you about my shoulder that hurts, and I say, you got to understand my expertise is critical illness and neurologic <laughs> problems. If you need to see me, you're really in trouble. And they, <laughs> I do the exact same it. thing. They're always like, oh, my gosh, can you tell me how to fix this? It really hurts. And I'm like, well, first of all, don't do that. And second of all, you don't want me because you'll see me if you're in the ICU. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. I love that answer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Jim, where can people find you? How can people contact you? I know you had mentioned your email. Are there any other social media outlets that you utilize? Not well. So jsmith <laughs> at utica.edu for my email. And I, I'm on Facebook and easier to find there. I'm learning LinkedIn and I have a fairly inactive Twitter account. I never go there anymore. So find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Any last thoughts or comments before we go? Yeah, we talked about it some before we came on and it was a theme here. We are controlling our future. I know it's frustrating when we're tired from a pandemic, when we have challenges around productivity ideas, but we do great, great, great things for our patients. We need to advocate in our clinics, in our hospitals, in our communities, and in our legislatures so that we continue to thrive and do those things that are so impactful for patients. I second that motion. Jim. Thanks for all you do for our profession, Jim. Yeah. Thank yeah, you for this conversation. We would like to thank Jim for joining us today. Acute Conversations is the official podcast of APT Acute Care. It is hosted by Leo Argulis and Ashley Poole. Executive produced by Katie Brito and Edward Mathis. Music by Alexia Action from Pixabay. Sound effects also from Pixabay. For more information about APT Acute Care, please go to our website aptacucare.org and be sure to check out our show notes for links and resources from the Academy. If you found value from our podcast, please be sure to subscribe, follow, and share with your friends and colleagues, especially if they reside in South Dakota. Join us next time for a conversation about the new Rehab Educators Focus Group with Noelle Sublet and Katie Yaya. Thank you for listening and may your shoes and scrubs stay clean today. Well, and it's just fun to clap it out, you know. Right.